ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 love. Can you believe it's almost 2019? I cannot because I feel like it was 1999 just yesterday. And of course, life looked so different then for all of us. For me, I was married to my first husband. We were on South Beach. I was wearing this like amazing green flowered dress that was my sister's and it showed off my shoulders. And we were like party hopping on the beach in South Beach. And I remember thinking that I had this whole decade ahead of me, right? As we were going into the 2000s and how I wanted it to be so full. I wanted to feel so alive. I wanted to be on purpose. I wanted it to be meaningful. I wanted to make a difference. And I remember then being so aware of how I didn't feel that, how I had so much, but I didn't feel that. And I think it's why as we go into 2019, it is so important for you to be thinking about how you want to feel as you go into 2020. It might seem like it's, it is on, in one way, just another date on the calendar. And on another, every new day, every new Monday, every new week, every new month, every new year, and certainly every new decade is an opportunity to say, am I living the life that I was born for? How do I feel about my life? What do I want? What do I desire? Right. So it's hard to believe, but 2020 is actually right around the corner. And so when we are 365 days from now, right, like if you're listening to this when it is first published or if you're listening to it later, what do you want to be saying when you are at December 31st of 2019 and you are about to go into a whole new decade? What do you want to be able to say about the year that has passed? What do you want to be able to say about yourself at the end of 2019? What do you want to be able to say about how you feel What do you want to be able to say about what you have done and what you've experienced? It matters because this is the only life we get in this body. This is the life with these dreams, with these talents, with these strengths, with this voice that we have. It is so important that you go into 2019 standing in your power. And that is why today on the Purpose Girl podcast, I am sharing with you the New Year's ritual that I do every single year at New Year, both the regular New Year and the Jewish New Year, which is at my birthday too, so twice a year. And we're going to be talking about your power, how you stand in your power. And you're going to want to stay until the end because I'm going to be sharing how you can have a live free coaching call with me. So make sure that you stay tuned until the end. Now, as we go into New Year's, the majority of people are going to make some sort of resolution, right? Are you making a resolution like you're going to make a resolution to lose 10 pounds or you're going to make a resolution to go to the gym every day? Well, then I have kind of disappointing news, which is that according to a 2017 research study, less than 10% of resolutions actually stick. And there are a number of reasons for this. I mean, one, we are not very good at planning, right? So maybe you've got a bunch of junk food in your house, or maybe I shouldn't call it junk food. 
I know I do in my house right now. I've got M&Ms and brownies and like so many good things from the holidays and cookies that our neighbors gave us. So you've got all this like great yummy sugary food in your house. And then the next day you say you're going to go on a diet or you're going to lose weight. And of course, it's hard to do because you're not planning and maybe the other people in your house aren't doing it with you. Right. Another reason why we fail, we aren't very good at New Year's resolutions, is that we aren't planning for failure. So we aren't thinking ahead to, well, what about when I get that sugar craving a week from now? Or what what about when the routine starts to be kind of boring? And what happens with so many people is that as soon as you kind of get off track, you say, see, I knew I couldn't do it. Right. So there's actually a theory of change called Prochaska's theory of change, which the last step before making more permanent, committed change in your life is actually knowing that you're going to fall off, that you're going to mess up or you're going to fail or you're going to eat the cookie or you're going to not go to the gym or you're going to get off of your routine of setting an intention or meditating every day or whatever your thing is and knowing, okay, I got off track and so tomorrow I'm getting back on or today, this afternoon, I'm getting back on. A major reason, another major reason why resolutions fail is that they aren't grounded, right? They're not really grounded in the deeper sense of who we are, right? So many resolutions that are about just losing weight or about something kind of material on the outside, they are often based on something that we don't want in our life, right? Like you don't want chaos anymore. So you say, okay, I'm going to meditate every day or you don't want the extra stomach. I know that I'm carrying after like a month of enjoying some M&Ms and brownies and wine and parties. And so you say, forget it, I'm going to lose weight. Well, that's not grounded, right? And it's external. So rather, what we know from the research is that goals that stick are ones that are really grounded in the deeper truth of who you are. They're grounded in purpose. They're grounded in what's meaningful to you. And so in order to get a sense of what's really meaningful to you, we have to do this New Year's thing completely differently. So what we actually have to do at New Year's or any given month or day that you want to have a fresh restart is you actually have to pause and you actually have to go internal, right? So rather than just some kind of like frustration-based goal that you set, like losing weight, we actually, what we need to do in order to reach our highest wisdom, right? Wisdom is, goes deeper. It's more meaningful. It's more purposeful than just kind of some goal, like losing the five pounds. You might end up still wanting to lose the five pounds, but what you want to do is you want to go a little bit deeper. And to do that, we actually have to pause. So there's a New Year's ritual that I want you to do. And if you have a piece of paper, great, grab it. If not, then just take these mental notes. Let's say you're driving and you can do this later. And I'm going to be sending out the full ritual in my newsletter. So if you don't get that, you haven't signed up for it, there is a link in the show notes. Make sure you go to purposegirl.com and you can find a bar right there that says get your free living on purpose guide because you also get that when you sign up. And if you sign up by the end of 2018, I will send you this ritual even if you've sign up for it after I actually send it out on the newsletter. So make sure that you sign up for this. So by going a little bit deeper, what you can do then is you can set yourself up for ultimate success in the year to come. Because what you're going to do in a New Year's ritual is you're actually going to get super clear about what was so wonderful about this year that you can carry forward and what you learned that you want to do differently in the coming year. And that's going to set you up for deeper desires for what you truly want in 2019. This ritual is also so important because 
we're so busy every single day, right? We run. You like run from carpool to the meeting, to the office, to home, to the grocery store, to dinner, to right. It's like we're never stopping. Whether you have kids or you don't, we never stop. I don't have biological kids and I'm never stopping. And so I actually have to build it into my calendar to pause. Because what we know from the research is that if we just go from activity to activity, we're not actually getting kind of the full benefit from each activity, right? You want to actually take anything that you do and you want to close the loop. By closing the loop, you savor the good and you like cement it in your brain forever. And that means that it's there and you can come back to it and it can continue to give you that positivity and continue to juice up your brain. So grab a piece of paper. I'm going to be going through this ritual and I'm going to be going even more detail in my newsletter. So if you haven't yet signed up for my newsletter, there is a link for it in the show notes. And if you sign up by the end of the year, I will send it to you. So make sure you do that. Go to purposegirl.com or look in the show notes for the link. So number one, I want you to pause and I want to kind of reverse the calendar, right? Back from December, back to November, back to October, back to September, through August, through the summer, back to May and April, back to March, February, all the way back to a year ago, right? Go back to January of 2018. And I want you to think about the year now going forward. So I want you to think about January of 2018, right? January 1st. You had just had New Year's Eve, whatever you decided to do for New Year's Eve, and you woke up on January 1st and it was a whole new year. And maybe for you, you remember what you were thinking or feeling. Maybe you wrote it down in a journal. What was it that you wanted for this year to come? And then I want you to go through January and I want you to really feel into in January and then February and March in the winter months, if you're, of course, in the Northern Hemisphere or summer months, if you are in Australia or New Zealand or in the Southern Hemisphere, But in January, February, March, what was really good, right? Was anything really good around February 13th, which is International Day of Self-Love, or maybe for you, Valentine's Day? Was anything really good in March, going into April, going into May? Was anything really good around Mother's Day? Was anything really good around June, July, August, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere and you were going into the summer, maybe you took some vacations that were great? Maybe you met some new friends. Maybe you participated in a retreat or a program. What was really good? Maybe you started gardening. Maybe you had a different hobby that you started picking up. Maybe it was that school was on or off for you or for your kids or for someone you love. Then as you went into the fall and September, maybe you went back to school. Maybe someone you loved did. Maybe it was a break that you finally needed when everyone, your kids went back to school. What was really good in October? Maybe you had a really fun time getting Halloween costumes or pumpkins. What was really good in November? If you're in America, maybe you had American Thanksgiving and there was something really good and special there. And what about then December that's just passed? Maybe for you, celebrating Kwanzaa or celebrating Hanukkah or celebrating Christmas or just enjoying December, maybe skiing or sunbathing if you were down somewhere warm. So think about this year that has passed and what was really, really good, right? What was a win? What are you proud of? What can you celebrate about the year that has passed? And this is so important because especially as women, we so often don't celebrate ourselves, right? We're like often like just thinking about all the things that we did wrong or bad that are not good. Well, that's not going to work, right? 
Rather, we have to start with what was good. Celebrate ourselves. The reason it's so important is how positivity works on your brain right? As you are proud of yourself, you're telling your brain, do more of that. As you're celebrating yourself, you're telling yourself, I am worthy of good things happening. I am worthy of the next dream that I have. Is it any wonder when we're so hard on ourselves all the time that then it's harder to actually think of what dreams we have or to go after them? No, of course not. Because when we're so hard on ourselves, then we feel depressed, right? And then when we're depressed, we don't feel like going after any dreams or finding new friends or joining a club or doing anything like that. So we have to begin with celebrating ourselves and what was good. I was just doing this ritual a couple of days ago. And as I look back on what worked and what I'm celebrating, I I honestly was blown away. I mean, I started this podcast this year and I cannot thank you all enough for listening to the Purpose Girl podcast. I mean, just this week we ranked in self-help and in health in the Netherlands, in Great Britain and Slovakia. And so thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you out there who are spreading this message, women's happiness all over the world launching the Purpose Girl podcast. I launched a shop. I'd been wanting to launch a shop for a while. So launch the Happy Woman Shop. If you haven't gone to it, please go to happywomanshop.com. It's all sorts of items. I wrote a mantra deck for the first time, right, that can give you daily guidance and made a, a necklace that is for every single woman to know that she can choose happiness. It was an incredible year. I launched Women's Global Happiness Day, which was 98 groups of women gathered from 19 countries and six continents in order to take a stand that we deserve happiness, that we deserve better. And like, this was just a vision that I had a year before. And somehow with all of your help and all of the women around the world who all had events and partnering with this incredible organization called Driven Women, we made it happen. Like it blows me away to be able to help thousands of women like that. And then the, re- the reverberation of all of the people that they love getting the benefit of them standing in their power, them being their happiest selves, them being empowered. This was a year where I became more empowered, specifically in my sensuality and my sexuality. Working with a mentor, I actually had two coaches this year, one from a business perspective and one from a feminine perspective. Right? I believe in the process of coaching because different than therapy, I love therapy. Everybody should do therapy at least once in their life. But where therapy more is about kind of how did I get here and what's wrong and how do I kind of go from a negative state in life back to a baseline zero, coaching is where do I want to be? And this was a year where I really stepped into the sensual and sexual feminine self that I wanted to be, and which meant bringing whole new ideas to Josh and to the bedroom, which meant bringing some sensuality ideas to all of you and starting to acknowledge who I really am as a bisexual yet married to a man woman. I mean, there was a lot for me to really step into this year. It was an incredible year growing my team, right? I mean, I am so grateful. Shout out to Jessica, our assistant who joined us this year. I came into this year with two words. One was birth and I thought I would birth a baby and I didn't, but I did birth a lot of other things that I have wanted to do for so long, right? And I'm going to get the get to the point of what I didn't do in a moment for all of you to do as well. And the second word was support. I knew I needed more support in order to become the empowered woman that I wanted to be, right? Being empowered meant that I would share this message with more people around the world. And so I needed more support to launch a podcast, to launch a shop, to launch a women's not-for-profit movement. So really looking back and what worked. So I want you to do that too. What worked for you? Number two, part of the ritual is that you would then look at what did you learn? right? So maybe for you, something didn't work. Maybe you had a quote unquote failure. 
right? Like for me, we did not have the baby. Now, we can do a couple of things when we think about our failures or our mistakes or where we went awry or where we dropped the ball or where we didn't follow through. You can call yourself lazy. You can call yourself a procrastinator, which I hear so many women do. You can get down on yourself, call yourself a loser, come up with all sorts of reasons and excuses. Or you could use it as an opportunity for learning and growth. And that is the second step here, right? Not to call yourself a loser or procrastinator or lazy or any of that, but rather to look at the year and say, what did I learn? What did I learn that I want to carry forward, right? So one of the things I realized, just using the baby as an example, a couple of months ago, my mom said to me, well, Karen, you haven't done anything to have a baby. Like you're 44. You actually have to do something at your age. And at first, I wanted to be offended. I wanted to be like, Mom, that is so unfair. And then I had to be honest, though. I had to look in the mirror and say, you know what? She's right. Because at my age, yeah, some women do just naturally get pregnant, and that's amazing. But after a few years of not naturally getting pregnant, if I really want a baby, then I actually have to put the same kind of effort into it that I put into this podcast, that I put into Women's Global Happiness Day, that I put into empowering women around the world, Right, like to launch my podcast, I needed someone to edit it. I need equipment. I needed to find experts to do Women's Global Happiness Day. I had to have an assistant. I needed a coach, like those kinds of things. I have to do the same thing with a baby. So what I learned is that if I really want this, then I need to go to a doctor. And so we did at the end of the year. So send us a lot of love and luck, right? So what did you learn this year, right? And I can look back at a couple of different situations in my life. A huge thing I learned this year, I've had difficulty with some people that I've known for a while. And it's just like driven me crazy because I feel like these people think I'm a terrible person. They don't treat me well. And I really have kind of taken what they've said under my skin. And this year I learned what to do with my anger, what to do with my grief, what to do with the feeling because talking to them about it wasn't working. And so I learned how to process that in my own body. And then I learned to put the focus back on me. And as long as I stand in my integrity, that is all that matters. So there's a lot that I learned this year. I learned that the more affection I give to Josh, the more I receive back. So think about what did you learn this year? The third step. Now ask yourself, of all that was good and all that you learned, what do you want to take into next year? This is your wisdom, right? So even from what was good, Ask yourself, what is the wisdom that you got that you're taking into the coming year that you want to be able to apply to make next year incredible? And ask yourself, what are you leaving behind? Like, what is so 2018? Well, let me tell you, like, one thing for me that is so 2018 is putting my worth in these other people's hands, right? Letting them decide how I feel about myself is so 2018, So ask yourself, are there relationships that no longer serve you that you need to either leave behind or leave as they are behind, right? Like boundaries that you need to set. Are there old thinking patterns? Like I had an old thinking pattern for such a long time that people don't like me. Now that might sound crazy, but that has been kind of with me for many, many years. And then what your brain does, it's something called confirmation bias. Your brain goes and looks for evidence to prove it, right? Which is probably why I attracted this group of people into my life that I have now been convinced does not like me. So I'm leaving that pattern 
back in 2018. So this is your wisdom, right? What you want to leave behind and what you want to carry forward. And with that, what else is calling you, right? Like what did you not achieve this year, but it is still burning in your heart? What ideas have sprung for you or what feelings do you want? And this is how we then go to our fourth step, which is what do you desire for the coming year? And this is especially important as you go into 2019, because as I said, it's just 365 days until we're going into a whole new decade. And so even though it's just another day on the calendar, it also is an opportunity for us to really pause and be super intentional about our lives. So take this moment, what is it that you really desire? And the word desire here is super important, right? There's feminine and masculine energy, and we each have both within us. And the masculine energy is the goal, right? And a goal is finite. There's a beginning. There's an end. You know if you achieved it, right? You have a goal of a certain amount of money you want to make or a goal of finishing a report on deadline. And those are wonderful. But what we actually know from masculine and feminine energies is that goals should have a step before that. The step before that is the feminine, which is your desire, So the feminine desire comes from a place of intuition. It comes from your body. It comes from slowing down and actually going inside to hear what your heart is wanting, even to hear what your pussy, right? What your like inner, you might say yoni, what your inner like womb, what your juice is desiring, what would sound so fun and yummy to you. What would light you up and make you sparkle? What would be like glittery and joyful for you? What would make you just want to be, oh, so like live so out loud? Those are your desires. And what we know is that when you're living from your desires, right? It's like we know that goals that are aligned with your purpose, with what is meaningful to you, those goals you are more likely to achieve because that's intrinsic to you. You're doing it just because you love it. So we actually have to implement the feminine first, right? And the feminine is the beauty of stillness and pause. The feminine is the place of intuition. It doesn't have to have a 10-page report to be able to prove why you want something or what is true for you. The feminine is the place of desire. And so you want to really look at for 2019, what is it that you desire? So as you think about what you desire for 2019, think about what you desire to feel. Like, how do you desire to wake up in 2019? How do you desire to wake up going into 2020? How do you desire to show up in the world? How do you desire? What do you desire to be doing and experiencing? Let yourself go from a place of joy. This is what is so important for women, right? We spend so much time focusing on what everybody else wants and needs from us. And then we, we have nothing left. We give and we give and we give until we're like bone dry. And then we wonder why we feel depressed, right? Pressing down. You feel wonder why you feel depressed or you wonder why you feel lost because everyone else's priorities are number one. So of course you feel lost in that or you wonder why you feel stuck. Of course we feel stuck if we're giving and giving to everybody else and we have forgotten what our own dreams are or we're not in touch with what they are now. So the most important thing for any woman going into a new year, a new decade, is to be empowered. So let's talk about what that word means. So fill in this sentence. An empowered woman is a woman who, right? So an empowered woman, dot, dot, dot. How does an empowered woman feel about herself? How does an empowered woman show up in the world? How does an empowered woman speak about herself? What does an empowered woman 
say to herself when she looks in the mirror? What does an empowered woman have in her life? And that could be materialistic or otherwise. What does it mean to be empowered? So first we have to look at that word itself. And I want to take out the word power, right? So in the dictionary, power means the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behavior of others, right? You're under someone's power. It's like someone has power over. And I think in this way, this is why so many of us women don't stand in our power. First of all, a lot of our power has been taken away, right? We weren't allowed to vote, even though we can now, at least here in America, we weren't allowed to vote for a long time until men were. We don't make as much money, right, as men do. So our power in many ways has been taken away. Plus, the word power can feel very unsettling. I know when I was first grappling with this idea of my own power, it felt kind of icky to me. Right? Like I had thought of power as like arrogant, as rude, as loud. There is an expert, Dachler Keltner, who is the founding director of the Greater Good Science Center. And he talks about how he wrote a book about kind of the power paradox. And he talks about how there is this wealth of evidence that having power makes people more likely to be sociopaths, right? Like high power individuals may interrupt other people, speak out of turn, fail to look at others who are speaking, right? It's like they're more likely to tease their friends or to be sarcastic, to be kind of humiliating, So who the heck wants to be that kind of person? And in our world today, we see a lot of examples of this kind of power. And frankly, it's really ugly. And so I think a lot of us as women, like, no wonder we don't want it. We shy away from it. Even think about how a man who doesn't do what his friends want him to do or who does maybe what a woman wants him to do, right? So his friends might say he's a pussy or a skirt. They're just, of course, so insulting to us women. So no wonder we as women, we shy away from power. What I've noticed is that we actually give it away, right? This whole idea that it is the ability to direct or influence behavior of others, we've given away our ability to direct or influence our own behavior. We've given our power away. You know, I once went to a therapist years ago who said, you know, think about how boys and girls are on the playground. Right. The boys are all standing like shoulders back, puffed up, and they're playing in some sort of like engaged sport, like pow, 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 you know, and like who is going to be bigger, who's going to be more powerful, who's going to be stronger. And of course, they can knock each other down and then get back up five seconds later and they're best buddies and walk off the playground. Girls, at least this is how it used to be. Right. I don't think it's as much this way anymore. But girls, when I was growing up, we would more often sit in a circle in the sandbox. We would play tea party. We would check in with everybody. Are you okay? Are you okay? Oh, would you like to borrow my teddy bear? Oh, no, no, no. I don't want you to feel lonely. Come, you know, so it was like a very different situation, at least with me and my girlfriends. Girls, we love taking care of other people. We love being nurturing. And there's a fine line between being nurturing and caring for other people than completely giving away our power, right? So if power is to have influence over someone, then who is leading your decisions? I love the book Pussy. I've talked about it before by Regina Thomashauer, one of my mentors. She has an example in her book Pussy that she calls biffing, right? She tells the story about uh, two neighbors, a little boy and a little girl who are best friends and they walk to school together and they play ball together. They do everything together until they're like 
early teenagers and then one day as they're walking, you know, she starts to feel a little excitement, a little sweaty in her palms. And as he is leaning in closer, she's feeling her heartbeat go a little bit more. And then they actually have a kiss. And it was so euphoric, so delicious, so amazing that she suddenly becomes like obsessed with this guy Biff, right? With her neighbor turned now slight romance Biff. But Biff, after the one kiss, doesn't go back for another kiss. And so she starts becoming obsessed with him. And she gives all of her power, right? Instead of thinking that the pleasure that she felt came from her being in her womanhood, came from, that's a feeling that she can replicate with other men or women or whomever, she gives all of her power to Biff. And then in the story, she, this is why Regina calls it Biffing, she just starts, Biff, 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 love me, love me. So she gives her power then to every potential mate who comes along. So who do you give your power to? Now, maybe you are one of the women who you don't give your, you keep your power, right? You, you really check in and you stand and your yes is a yes. Your no is a no. You have firm boundaries. You're very clear on what it is that you want, who you are in life. You're very clear about walking forward in the world and experiencing all that you were here to become. And if so, that is so amazing. This is Stuff I've been working on for years, right? If you're not that and you notice that you're really uncomfortable saying no or uncomfortable with boundaries or you notice that you don't know who you are as much, you don't know what you want as much, you notice that you aren't clear on what it would mean for you to be an empowered woman, that you notice that you do feel stuck or lost sometimes, that there you have that feeling of wanting more but you don't even know what more is, then the question is who are you giving your power to? Maybe you're like the little girl in the story and you've given your power to men or women, relationships. Personally, I have given my power to so many different people. I know that there has been a time in my life when I gave my power to my brother. My brother is a very famous criminal defense attorney, at least in the Detroit area. Everybody knows his name. And he was like that from the time I was a little kid. And so I actually speak very little around my family, or I used to speak very little around my family. I've really worked on this because in my family, he would just talk all the time. And so I gave my power to him. And therefore, I really gave it to men a lot, right? Uh, my dad would always tell me I was so pretty. I was the prettiest one in my school. And so I would think that every boy should just like me. And I would just kind of bat my eyelashes and had no understanding of why they didn't, right? But I would give my power, like I would only be worthy if a boy liked me. I also gave my power to a lot of women, right? There's this younger part of me, the fifth grade me, who so desperately wanted to be popular, so desperately wanted to fit in, that there's even a part of me now, this recently just happened on Facebook, where there was a woman who comes across as if she's very self-assured, very confident, love it, total inspiration. But I found myself, we were having a, a conversation, and I found myself then kind of being a little quiet or checking in, you know, did I say something that was stupid, right? That's how you know you're giving your power away. If you are feeling less than around someone else, if you are letting someone else influence your decisions, or maybe you're giving your power to a title, right? You think you are that title. I have a client who has known for three years that her job is not for her, but she's so wrapped up in this job being her entire identity, that she's afraid to leave it because she's giving her power as if she doesn't have the power herself, right? Giving your power to something else means that you feel like you are not as worthy without it. Maybe you give your power to body, right? That your body, because of whatever shape it is or isn't, you feel less powerful. 
Or maybe you give it to your kids. You've completely surrendered any sense of personal self in order for it to just all be about them. So this is what we do. We give our power away. We think that if only those people are happy, those people love us, those people approve of us, then we'll be powerful. But what we have to do instead is become the empowered woman that we were born to be first, right? So the word empowered means to give someone authority or power to do something, to give someone authority. So being empowered is to take the authority back, right? Another definition is to make someone stronger and more confident, especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. So this is about you becoming your strongest, most confident self, right? Being empowered is all about your personal power, which gets to autonomy, that even when others are influencing you, you still have the ability to know and check in and to make your own decisions, that you are able to resist others' influence. So other people are saying to you, are you crazy? Who do you think you are? You're going to leave this great job that you have in order to pursue your business and, and they're influencing you and you're listening to them. That's giving away your power. Personal power, being empowered instead is the ability to resist that and stick with what you know. And believe me, my friend, I know how hard that is. Being empowered is the ability to speak your voice. For years, like I said, around my brother, I didn't. In fact, one of the things he's good friends with my ex-husband, he would constantly talk to me about him. I was giving my power away by kind of letting the situation happen, even though I felt like shit every time I would be around him. So a few years ago, I said, I love you, and I have so much more going on in my life. I don't want to talk about my ex anymore. Right? It had been years, so that's what I said to him. And now I make a point whenever I'm around him, I don't wait for him. Like I was waiting for years and years for my big brother to ask me questions about my life. Well, he doesn't. So when I'm around him, I assert myself. I speak up, right? Now, I love seeing that women are doing this more, right? We see this so much with the Me Too movement. We see it with women running for Congress. We see it with women stepping into the promotions. And so for you to become that stronger, more confident self, for you to be an empowered woman, like to me, a woman who is empowered She knows she can do anything that she sets her heart to. A woman who is empowered is clear on her own desires. A woman who is empowered knows her own strengths. A woman who's empowered celebrates herself. A woman who's empowered has humility and grace while going after her dreams. A woman who is empowered has the audacity to be unapologetically happy. So researchers have said that when you are in your personal power, when you are empowered, You have that ability to resist the influence of others, right? And you have the ability to control your own outcomes, control your own outcomes. And this is what it's going to take for the world to change. When every single woman knows that you get to control your own outcomes. Now, I'm not saying any of this is easy, right? The easy path is probably what you've done to this point. I know it's what I did to this point. It was easier to just be quiet around my brother. It was easier to just stay in a job that wasn't fulfilling to me. It was easier to just keep getting promoted and making good money, but feel empty. But then was it really easier? It was maybe more comfortable, but it wasn't happy. It wasn't joyful. It didn't feel alive. So it may not be easy, but it is fulfilling. 
it is fulfilling. And this is when you actually start to feel satisfied with your life, when you take that power back and you realize that you are in charge. I've been reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, lately. She talks about how in her marriage with Barack Obama, when he was a young politician, he was gone four days a week and she was taking care of the kids and she had her full time career and she was getting resentful of him. And she was waiting up for him at night and feeling so unhappy and basically placing all of her happiness on him. And they ended up going to a couples counselor and she was sure that the couples counselor would tell her, you are right, Michelle, he needs to change. He needs to be home more. And she said, that's not what happened. She says, and I quote, I began to see that there were ways I could be happier and that they didn't necessarily need to come from Barack's quitting politics in order to take some nine to six job. She goes on to say, I began to see how I'd been stoking the most negative parts of myself. It was possible that I was more in charge of my happiness than I was allowing myself to be. So she actually stopped to say, what would make me happy? What are the things that are missing from my life? She realized that she had gotten off track with a health routine and then found a way to make it work, having someone else babysit her kids for an hour so she could go work out. She realized that she was putting her and her kids on a schedule about her husband. She was doing a lot that was right, giving her power away. And so for her to be empowered was her defining what is happiness to me first and then following that. And that is our opportunity, my friend, as we go into 2019. It is to decide, declare, commit that you are going to become the empowered woman that you were born to be. To stand in your personal power, to be an empowered woman, there are a number of steps, right? The first thing that you actually have to do is to get clear on what an empowered woman is. That's why I said to fill in the blanks, right? How does an empowered woman feel about herself and life? How does an empowered woman show up? How does she walk? How does she take care of herself? What does she say in the mirror? What does she have? How much confidence does she have? What does she do? How does she experience life? And then for you to really look at, am I living up to that? Where are the gaps? To become this empowered woman, right? We actually have to get to a place of not just loving ourselves, but celebrating ourselves. Most women I know are in some place of self-abandonment or self-loathing right? Or both, right? You've abandoned your own dreams for everybody else's. You've abandoned your own healthcare because you're taking care of everyone else's needs first. You've abandoned your needs and wants or your loathing, right? You're spending so much time being self-critical, being self-judging. And I so, so, so get it, right? Especially after the holidays when we all, I, I ate so much food, right? I ate so much and noticed that my pants are tighter. got a little bit hanging off the top, right? So we have to move from this place of self-insecurity or self-abandonment to self-tolerance, at least tolerating where we are, to self-okayness, to self-acceptance, accepting our truth, accepting even the darkest parts of ourselves, accepting the parts that we think are not pretty. And then dare I say, loving all of us, even loving the pain, loving the emotions, loving what it means to be a woman. Right? Women, we are sensitive. We are emotional, loving our curves because they allow us to dance and move and be sensual and sexual and have babies if, if your body has allowed you to do that, right? But in general, and then from self-love, we move to self-celebration. So to be this woman who celebrates herself, to be empowered, right? There are five steps. And the first step is that you must know who you are. You must know what lights you up like that Christmas tree. You must know 
What actually gets your heart pitter patter? What actually gets your blood juiced up? You must know you. This is the first step. And so as you go into this coming year, make a commitment, not to some sort of resolution that will be gone within two weeks of the year, right? Instead, make the commitment that this is going to be the year that you become your most empowered self, that this is the year when you're going to really know who you are, what lights you up, you're going to go for it. Make this the year that you're going to step into that empowerment. Now, like I mentioned, there are several steps to becoming an empowered woman. I actually have identified five steps. And any of you who are interested in more than this, I'm going to be doing a free live group call on January 2nd, 2019. It's totally free. It's going to be live. So you can ask me questions. We can interact. And it's going to be amazing. We're going to go through all five steps and go deeper so that you can actually become that empowered woman that you were born to be. So in the show notes, there is a link. Click there. That's how you sign up. And it's going to be this amazing experience for all of us on January 2nd to get connected around what it means to be an empowered woman and all five steps to be that this year so that you get to December 31st, 2019, feeling amazing about yourself, even with whatever failures would come and even with whatever mishaps, because there will be some. There will be for me. There will be for you. There will be for all of us. But you will have the tools by the end of that year to be able to take even that as great wisdom. Also, if you know that you are ready in 2019 to be your most empowered self, I am doing just a few free 30-minute sessions with women who know that they are ready. So what you want to do is you want to go to my website, you want to email me, send out a contact form that you know you are ready to step into your most empowered self. Like maybe you've been thinking about coaching with me, but you've been afraid to reach out. This is your opportunity to get that free 30-minute call, hear, feel what it's all about, learn more about yourself. But what you want to do, what you need to do, because I'm only going to do a few calls is to email me, tell me what's going on with you, what your hopes and desires are for 2019, and why you want the call. And then uh, we will move forward with a few women and I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. So this is if you know that, okay, I really am ready to make a different kind of commitment to myself in 2019. And again, the free live group call is for everybody January 2nd. And of course, all of this is for you to be your most empowered self. So let's do a few purpose power tips. So number one, Make sure before 2018 ends that you have gone through the ritual to really capture and savor what was good, celebrate yourself, what you're proud of, what the learnings were, how you grew. Be very clear and intentional about what you want to take into the coming year and about what you're leaving behind. And then to get start focused on your desires, which gets to purpose power tip number two. Feel into your desires. This is what would light up your heart and soul. What gets you like juiced up alive, even gets your pussy excited, right? They could be sensual desires, sexual desires. They could be about starting a business. Anything your brain probably tells you, that's stupid. Who do you think you are, right? You can't do that. Like then you probably know you're onto a real desire. So that's purpose power tip number two. Purpose power tip number three, you want to ask yourself, who are you giving your power away to right now? I noticed this year I was giving it away to a certain group of people and I just took it right back. I noticed that I was giving my power away to Josh in the bedroom because I wasn't speaking my truth about my sexual desire. So this year I took it right back. So ask yourself, who are you giving your power to and take it right back? And then purpose power tip number four, make sure that you join us for that free live group call. Again, sign up is in the show notes. I cannot wait to be with you live there. It's going to be so much fun. So much fun. Such a great way to start the new year. And 
a new feature. I want you to leave me a voice message. So we have this whole new feature, purposegirl.com forward slash voicemail. It's so fun. You go on your computer, give me your name, where you're from, what you love about the Purpose Girl Girl podcast and what you want to hear because I want to make sure that I am giving you the topics, giving you the information that you want to hear in order to live your best, happiest self. Number two, if you haven't yet visited the Happy Woman Shop, go there, happywomanshop.com. People are loving the signature I choose necklace. It's sexy, it's beautiful, and it's a daily reminder that you are in charge of your own happiness. Also, the mantra cards, women are loving them. Oh my gosh, my partner Elizabeth, she made all the watercolor designs and I wrote them and this was a dream and each day you pick a new card and it will give you guidance for that day of what you most need, which could be purpose or play or self-love and it tells you how to do it. So, oh, so good. Make sure you go to happywomanshop.com. Huge changes are coming in 2019 to the Facebook group. So you want to go to Facebook, search for Purpose Girls. It's the group asked to join. We are going to, I'm going to be doing Facebook lives there every couple of weeks just for women who are members of that group. I'm going to be posting nearly every single day a quote. There's going to be motivational Mondays, women crush Wednesdays. So it's going to be amazing. You want to make sure that you've joined that group. It's totally free and it's all of us as a way to become our happiest, best women selves. Please make sure that you're following me on Instagram, Karen Rockind, of course, on Facebook at Coach Karen Rockind. And of course, if you're not yet getting my newsletter, it comes with a free Living on Purpose guide and right now also with the New Year ritual. So make sure that you are signing up at PurposeGirl.com. Oh my goodness, woman, there is so much goodness going into 2019. There is so much I am grateful for. And you are at the top of this list. I had no idea when I launched this podcast what would happen, that we would create community around the world, that women from the Philippines, from Malta, from the United States, from Canada, from Great Britain, from Slovakia, from Luxembourg, all over the world, that we would be coming together as community to take a stand, that we are worthy of living our happiest lives. So I cannot thank you enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart and soul for listening to the Purpose Girl podcast, for sharing it with your friends. That is the best thing that you can do because the more you share episodes, please download them. Give us five stars. Rate me five stars. Leave me an awesome glowing review. That's how women are finding this podcast because you're leaving the reviews, you're leaving the stars, and that's what's leading women to us. And the more you do that, the more you share this podcast with the women in your workplace, with your moms, with your sisters, with your friends, that's how we're changing the world one woman at a time. Remember, women actually have the power. Women have more power than men. We still do the majority of childcare. We still do the majority of taking care of a house. We're graduating in higher numbers than men are from universities. Women have the power. So make sure you remember that. And because we all have something called emotion contagion, which is that our moods are contagious. Other people feel how we feel. They can tell if we feel down or up. Right? It's called emotion contagion. And our emotions are contagious up to three degrees of separation. So how a woman feels makes the biggest difference in the world to the people around her. And that's how we're going to change the world one woman at a time. So with that, my love, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I hope that you have a marvelous day and amazing new year to come. I cannot wait to do our desires together. Remember to join me on January 2nd. May you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.